0: Blog Talk Radio Hi, this is Stephen Nill, CEO of CharityChannel.com So, you want your charity to succeed. You came to the right place. Integration of online and offline techniques is the key to your successful fundraising and practical advice on going green is what you need. With this show, The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, you will learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Our host is Ted Hart, one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. This year, he is celebrating 25 years in the nonprofit sector and the 10 year anniversary of his firm, TedHart.com. His books range from successful online fundraising to the use of social media and how to make your nonprofit green. His guests are leaders in their field who will share tips and trade secrets for nonprofit management, green strategy, and fundraising success. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, here's Ted.
1: And good afternoon. Uh, Thank you, Steve, for that wonderful introduction. This is Ted Hart, your host here on The Nonprofit Coach, and today we have our very special edition of our monthly magazine called The Green Show. This is all about nonprofits going green, and this is in partnership with GreenNonprofits.org. We've got an excellent show for you today. Uh, Our page two expert today is Jim Lynch, co-director of Tech. And electronics rec- recycling and reuse programs at TechSoup. When we get to page two today, for those of you who are familiar with a nonprofit coach show, uh, you know that you can call in uh, to ask a question of our page two expert by dialing 347. 347- Three two four three zero eight zero. One of our guests uh, early on in page one today uh, is from Kiva, and one of the special opportunities that you have here on the Green Show today is that one of our callers today, a lucky caller today, will receive a one hundred dollar Kiva credit today before the end of the show. So make sure that you plan to dial in today. You also can ask questions over in the chat room if you'd like to join us in the chat room today, uh, or you can email me at Ted Hart at Tedhart.com. As always here on the Nonprofit Coach, uh oh, and let me make sure that you know what today is uh, so that we tag this uh the show. Uh today is uh Friday, May twentieth. This is the Green Show. And as always here on the Nonprofit Coach, we always start with page one news. <laughs> One of the things that we think is very important for charitable organizations is to consider becoming a certified green nonprofit. Information is available at greennonprofits.org. Click on certification. Now, if you're thinking about becoming certified, you earn points towards certification. One of the things that you can do is to promote the use of Biking to Work. Well, today is National Bike to Work Day. Uh, Let's listen to a little bit of an introduction about Bike to Work Day.
0: Hi, I'm Larry Butler, and I hope you join me and hundreds of other cyclists on Friday, May 20th, for Bike to Work Day, sponsored by the Washington Area Bicyclists Association. This year's pit stop is again at the Reston Town Center Pavilion, and bike commuters can get refreshments, information on local cycling opportunities, and maybe even win a prize at the drawing. If you register early at waba.org, you might even get a good T-shirt for your effort. We hope to see you out of your cars and on your bikes on Friday, May 20th.
1: As always, here on the Nonprofit Coach, you can follow along with today's radio links by going to tedhart.com and click on Radio Links. We have information today about National Bike to Work Day, in addition to, from the Huffington Post, 10 tips on how to incorporate Biking into your daily business routine. Again, this is a great opportunity for you not only to do the right thing uh, for your employees' health, but also for the environment by promoting bicycle use here on National Bike to Work Day. And by doing that, as a charitable organization, if you are starting the certification process, you will earn points towards certification so read all about that at greennonprofits.org click on certification and today our radio links are at tedhart.com click on radio links Next up here on uh, the radio links uh, today for page one news uh, comes to us from the Chronicle of Philanthropy. Now, this is a little bit of information uh, environmentally related uh, that there's a flap uh, over Girl Scout cookies. Can you imagine such a thing? And Girl Scouts of the USA has found itself in the center of a social media controversy uh, this month with Rainforest Action Network, an environmental group who has used Facebook to protest the group's use of ingredients in their cookies uh, that helps raise money for their organization. Uh, It seems that the Rainforest Action Network uh, is concerned about the palm oil that is used in the Girl Scout cookies. Now, the Girl Scouts have responded that the palm oil used in its cookies is obtained in an environmentally friendly way from organizations that belong to the Roundtable on Sustainable palm oil. Now the Rainforest Network is concerned about that certification, feels that certification doesn't mean much. So this has certainly been a big issue over on social networking and certainly one that affects uh, the environment as well. So read all about that over in the radio links today at Ted Hart at Ted Hart. Uh, dot com and uh, click on radio links. Now, it's my pleasure uh, today, as I mentioned as we were starting uh, the show today, uh, that we do have a very special uh, guest with us. Uh, today here on, uh, the non, uh, on the Nonprofit Coach Green Show, uh, and that is a representative that's joining us today. Michelle Krieger is here. She is from Kiva and is Director of uh, Strategic Initiatives, and we have asked Michelle uh, to join us today specifically because of an announcement from Kiva that microfinance goes green. Welcome here to the Nonprofit Coach Green Show today, Michelle Krieger from Kiva.
2: Thanks so much, Ted. It's great to be here.
1: Michelle, thank you so much for joining us here on uh, the Green Show. We're very curious to learn all about this new initiative uh, from Kiva. Can you tell us all about how microfinance is going green?
2: Sure, absolutely. So um, for those that aren't particularly familiar with Kiva, Kiva is a website where you can lend as little as $25.00. To an entrepreneur anywhere in the world, so we've been around for five or six years, and we've been working hard to support micro businesses across the globe. Um, Individuals who need take out three, four, or five hundred dollars to grow their store or to um, sort of for working capital for their businesses. And so we've been sort of building on a a lot of momentum and and great success that we've had in this space, and thinking what sort of could we do next um, to have more of an impact, um, not just on sort of the economics of the populations that we're looking to serve, but also on the environment. And so about a month ago, a couple weeks ago, um, we launched a a green loan campaign. And so really this is all about merging um, sort of microfinance with, uh, you know, supporting our borrowers to either green their businesses, their homes, or their lifestyles. Um, so it's a shift for us, moving a little bit away from, from solely focusing on micro-businesses to helping um, to promote uh, green practices across the world.
1: Now, you're specifically, in, uh, in your release, uh, you are specifically um, adding to a category for, at Kiva called Green Loans. Uh, that are permitting businesses and individuals in poor countries to borrow, uh, as you said, as little as $25 to make their homes and workplaces more energy efficient. What sorts of projects, uh, have you already funded any in this green section, Uh, or are you looking for uh, those in the developing countries to now think more green?
2: Sure, Chad, It's a great question. So we've actually funded um, about $100,000 in green loans already to date, so about 174 loans with an average loan size a little over $500. Let me give you an example of a particular loan that I like. Um, there's a gentleman named Basan who lives in Ulaanbaatar, which is the capital of Mongolia. So he took out a $100 loan. Uh, with a two-year repayment period um, to purchase insulation um, for his ger. So he lives in a yurt. Um, over half of the population in Mongolia lives in these structures, which are essentially like tents. And it's such a cold place, you could imagine that it's not very efficient to heat your home when most of it just leaves through the fabric covering. Um, so he purchased a $100 loan to insulate his home, and this has allowed him to cut down his, his monthly expenditures um, by over 60%. In terms of uh, purchasing coal and wood um, to to heat his home, and this also has sort of the other effect in that it, it helps to sort of reduce pollution in in the capital uh, Olimbatar is one of the most polluted capitals on earth and so and, and largely this is because people are spending money to purchase. Uh, coal and wood to heat their homes, and all of that is just going straight into the atmosphere. So with $100, um, Basan is able to uh, insulate his home, uh, pay back his loan over time with the savings from not having to purchase um, biomass and coal to heat his house. So these are the kind of projects that we're really excited about funding. Um, we funded loans now in the green space in um, 11 countries, and we're really looking to expand over the next year or two. Um, it's one of the things I'm most excited about in my role is helping to work with our field partners to develop green products um, that help people green their homes, uh, their businesses, and, and their lifestyles.
1: Now, where did this uh, this initiative grow from within Kiva? Did you have uh, lenders who are part of the Kiva network that were looking specifically for sustainable projects, or were you getting requests uh, specifically from those seeking funds that uh, wanted an emphasis on going green?
2: You know, I would say it comes from both sides, on Ted, on the, on the folks in the field side, our, our field partners and the, and the borrowers that we serve. Um, it makes economic sense to invest in something like this. Um, uh, you know, we have uh, individuals who purchase solar lanterns, for example, which extend their working hours by three or four hours an evening. So that makes um, sort of environmental sense and economic sense. So on the, out in the field, there really is a demand, and we've been seeing that um, grow uh, more and more over time and really with our, our green loan launch. We're wanting to sort of surface that demand and help invest in it so that we, we create more of a market. On, on the lender side, uh, we get requests all the time, I and mean, I, I really think this is something that strikes a chord uh, with our lender base. Uh, it was really incredible. We, so we launched Green Loans on, on Earth Day, on April 22nd, and we had about $33,000. Uh, in loans that we released on that day for funding, and I, they funded within within an hour and a half. I mean, it was just an outpouring of support. Um, so we're really we, we think that we sort of tapped into something here, and we're going to be working over the next um, few months and year to grow this space and give our lenders an opportunity to help um, folks in the field uh, go green
1: now let, let me ask you i don 't know the answer to uh, to this question, so i 'm just curious I, I have been told that there are times that Kiva has more people interested in lending money than you do have qualified. Uh, applicants for for those funds Um, if that's true let me know if that's true Um, and if it is is this um, a a way to attract more lending dollars because uh, sort of going green is sexy or is the balance on you really need to generate more money because you have too many applicants I'm not sure where the balance is
2: Sure, sure. So, um, you know, with with exciting products like this, we tend to get into a scenario where um, we don't have enough loans on the site at some time uh, to meet, uh, you could say, the demand for, for, for buying them up, for supporting uh, borrowers. So, um, you know, this has been a historical uh, problem with Kiva. We've just had so much support um, from our lender base, sometimes we have to, to scurry to catch up. Um, and so, you know, in the first year, you know, I've been with Kiva for about five years, In the first year or two, this was a scenario that we dealt with every single month, um, where we just had so many people who really wanted to come and make a difference um, in these people's lives, and we just hadn't set up the infrastructure and, and the means to source all of the loans that were being demanded of us. So we're seeing sort of a repeat uh, scenario with, 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 with special products in general, and, and Green is um, our second foray into this. The first is we launched um, in the student loan space um, about six months ago. So um, it, it is a scenario that we deal with, and, and I think that, uh, you know, seeing the demonstration of support from the lender side helps uh, internally for us to invest more and more in setting up the systems to source these loans um, to have more of an impact. We're really working to sort of create a market uh, as we go with our field partners and, and proving to them that this can be a viable, uh, this can be a viable product to offer their borrowers.
1: Well, we really applaud uh, Kiva for all of their work, and certainly uh, with our emphasis on helping nonprofits uh, go green, uh, we certainly uh, uh, really appreciate the fact that Kiva uh, is uh, adding green to its uh, microfinance uh, opportunities. Um, Tell us a little bit about Kiva business operations within your offices. Uh, Is there an, an, an initiative internally to make your own organization green?
2: Absolutely. So I would say we've got about – so, you know, our offices are based – we're here in San Francisco – and uh, we have about 60, 60, 65 staff members here in the office. I'd say about a third of them um, bike commute to work, either um, bike riding to, uh, to the BART, which is the subway, um, or, or commuting within the city. So we have a very bike-friendly office. Um, we also offer commuter benefits for those who choose not to drive um, to work. Uh, internally, we compost. Um, and and let me just up you right there,
1: because I, I just want to note to our, our audience today that that's exactly the kind of initiative that earns points towards certification and becoming a green nonprofit so I just want to ask everyone to really note on you know that excellent example of exactly what we're looking for in nonprofit organizations encouraging uh, bike to work and of course that's uh, an excellent example today here on National Bike to Work Day so I'm sorry to interrupt but I just wanted to make note of of, uh, Bravo to Kiva
2: oh well thank you for saying that Ted yeah indeed I think uh, you know the the team really values the the bike friendly environment here um it's sort of part of the informal culture that we try to maintain but um you know just to, to go back to some of the other things that our organization is doing um uh, we compost um we introduce composting and uh and uh, about a year, year and a half ago, um, and we've had a couple sort of internal trainings because it's always one of those challenges is knowing what to compost or recycle or, or throw into the trash. So um, we have that initiative going on internally. Um, we purchase all recycled paper. Um, we... Uh, yeah, those are those are some of those are some of the few things we're going to be moving into a new office space, and we've been working with architects to um, design it to make sure that we uh, incorporate green green sort of building uh, principles into uh, the structures that we're building uh, within our new office. So there's a lot of work being done. There's Music sure to our ears,
1: back. and again, bravo to, uh, to Kiva for making that uh, such a priority. And of course, I'll take this opportunity to uh, encourage you to think about. Uh, having Kiva become a certified green nonprofit, since it seems that you already have so many initiatives uh, internally, you may be close to certification already. So uh, I'll invite you to take a look at that at greennonprofits.org and click on certification as we do for all of our listeners uh, today. Perfect. Thank you again for uh, joining us, Uh, Michelle Krieger, Director of Strategic Initiatives at Kiva Thank you again for joining us here on The Nonprofit Coach on this very special edition of The Green Show.
2: Thanks so much, Ted, for having me.
1: Take care. All right, back here on uh, The Nonprofit Coach. We're still over here on uh, uh, page one, and I just want to draw your attention uh, over in the radio links today at tedhart.com and click on Radio Links. You will find in The Green Show Radio Links today a report from Greenpeace, and the title of this report is, How Dirty Is Your Data?, Uh, and as you read through this, you will find that, according to Greenpeace, Apple is the tech industry's least clean company, Uh, and so that's not good news uh, for Apple, but they're also uh, not uh, giving glowing reports to, to Facebook. Uh, Google or Amazon, uh, or actually, I'm sorry, Google and Amazon were highlighted for their clean energy use, as was Yahoo. Uh, but certainly, they're uh, trying to push the green, uh, the tech industry to become more green. Uh, and a lot of concerns in this particular report about Apple. Um, so read all about that over in the radio links at Ted Hart. Dot com and click on radio links, and you'll find all the radio links uh, from today. As we uh, approach page two here on the Nonprofit Coach, just to remind everybody, you can call in and ask a question today of our page two expert, by dialing 347-324-3080. We hope that you are able to call in today because we do have a $100 Kiva credit to give away today. Just press the number 1 when you dial in. I see a bunch of people on the switchboard. When you press the number 1, that tells me that you'd like to ask a question. You can also jump into the chat room. I see some folks over in the chat room, or just email me at at tedhart.com. And with the wrap-up of page 1, That brings us on to page two. It is my pleasure here on the Nonprofit Coach Special Green Show today uh, to welcome Jim Lynch. Uh, Jim is TechSoup Global's co director of Green Tech, along with Anna Yeager, and is also TechSoup's longtime director. Of computer recycling and reuse programs. During his 14 years at TechSoup, Jim has helped develop all of TechSoup's environmental programs, functioning as the primary green IT writer, consultant on the development of several computer recycling and reuse centers, and designed in uh, and designed in cooperation with Microsoft the community Microsoft auth- authorized refurbisher program for the Americas, which distributed. Low cost Windows operating systems to recycler refurbisher centers in North, Central, and South America. The program became the Microsoft Registers Refurbisher Program in 2010. He represents the electronics reuse and refurbishing field in national policy discussions, has organized the annual International Computer Refurbishers Conference, and has been interviewed extensively over the years on green IT. Computer recycling and related issues uh, by various newspapers, magazines, radio and other outlets. and it is a pleasure to add to his long list of accolades uh, his joining us here on the nonprofit coach. Please welcome Jim Lynch. Thank you, Jim, for joining us today. Thanks, Ted. Good to be here. Jim, you have such a long history of success uh, in bringing uh, this uh, very important topic to the nonprofit sector. Um, start off by please telling us uh, about green tech and
3: how that fits into the overall operations of TechSoup Global. Okay. Green tech is uh, it's essentially a non-commercial place on the web where all nonprofits and libraries and NGOs around the world can go and find out stuff that's um, interesting about essentially greening offices. So we have good common cause with uh, you guys, Ted. Uh, the web address at TechSoup's Green Tech program is www.techsoup.org slash greentech, and uh, no hyphens or anything, any of that. Um <clears throat> A uh, few things that uh, we cover on this is, uh, you know, reducing the amount of electricitys that computers and other IT equipment use in your offices, uh, reducing the amount of paper that organizations use, reducing the amount of travel that organizations need to do by uh, using online teleconferencing and also collaboration services, um, reducing the amount of hardware devices that you need to have in your offices, and an example of that is basically opting for a a networked multifunction printer type thing that would replace several printers that are connected up to individual computer stations. Um, Extending the life of IT equipment is a big mission of TechSoup, and that's uh, one thing that green tech kind of does that permeates all our work. Uh, in and around the world <laughs> to help tech up nonprofits, um, we uh, we have a, a bunch of content around buying new IET equipment and and buying refurbished equipment, which is part of that life extension um, topic. Um, buying new IT equipment is is important because um, there are now services like uh, the EPA created program called EPEAT e a no it's E-P-E-A-T dot net so that's a place where you can go to to see which um new computer equipment that you might be interested in buying has uh is much more recyclable and much more energy efficient and on and on uh even you know office lighting you know what's going on with compact, compact fluorescent lights. Uh, what's going on with uh, LED lights, Uh, we cover cloud computing, (laughs) and also something called virtualization, which uh, is a very complex topic that I won't even go into.
1: Yeah, and today, uh, just for our our listeners uh, to know today, uh, over in the radio links for today's show at tedhart.com, click on radio links. Uh, We have provided a link directly to, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, this content, and if you can uh, help our listeners uh, learn a little bit more, uh, probably some of it's included in what you just said. Uh, but we did provide a link today specifically to your Green Tech, Greening Your Office page. Uh, there's a lot of links there and a lot of information. Probably some of the things that uh, that you've already talked about here. But I really like the fact uh, that you've put together this one-stop shop, Greening Your Office page, because of course that's so much a part of what green nonprofits is about. And so much of the green nonprofit certification program uh, is built around greening your nonprofit office. So I wonder if uh, we might be able to uh, spend a few moments here on the show talking about some of those highlighted uh, programs. And let's go ahead and start off with one that you've already raised, uh, and that is cloud computing. And and I think for some folks that can be a confusing uh, phrase. Uh, or concept. Let's start off with explaining what is cloud computing, and then let's talk about why that's important to a greening initiative.
3: Boy, what a big topic, and there is so much noise (laughs) around cloud computing, and it's not even clear to many folks why that is regarded as a green topic. But essentially, cloud computing is... mm, Using the internet, internet as your hard drive. I guess that's the simplest way I would describe it. Uh, that sounds simple enough, and probably everybody is doing some of that. So, for instance, if
0: you're it, using... It's sort of
1: sense. like a, a super uh, ASP, right? Um,
3: ASP, That's is that a term that... Uh,
1: Well, application Um, service provider where, you know, essentially you're you're accessing the software and the service via the Internet as opposed to taking up hard drive and necessarily using the power of your your own resident computer or maintaining large uh, data centers where, you know, you're you're hosting this all
3: online. Yeah, and ASP uh, is an old name and precisely the same thing as cloud computing. The term cloud computing actually was – came into use and only in about two thousand and seven, so it 's a pretty new name for that same thing, so' essentially it's the same thing i 'm just
1: helping people who may have heard other terms kind of connect those um, so that what seems like a new concept is essentially sort of becoming more popular from a concept that 's been around for a while right
3: and so really simple examples of cloud computing include Google Docs or if you 're using Gmail or if you're using hotmail or something like that so it's instead of having a, an application or program on your computer hard drive you're essentially using the application on the web so simple as that
1: right yeah so it's it's not a terribly complex uh topic and I, and I almost feel like you know by using this new phrase and all the excitement around cloud computing, and certainly we see advertisements online as if this is something you know totally totally new. Um, it is new in that it it 's sort of the natural progression at least what we hope might be a natural progression, away from installing software and having big computer bases for your nonprofit that over time, and by utilizing some of the services that you just mentioned, uh, it may be possible for charities to really not even need uh, all the hard drive power and, and all the energy that they're using in their uh, their resident computers um, if they have good, strong Internet access.
3: All right. So the green part of this is something that I think you already mentioned. It shifts the weight of IT, what they call infrastructure. So that means if lots of servers and lots of um you know uh local computer networks essentially would stop needing to be in especially small offices or in any size office really and the weight of all of that infrastructure goes to big companies like Google and Microsoft and Facebook who who operate what you just, what you said which is called data centers big huge um, industrial storage places where people store all of their data and where they go to the internet to use all of their applications.
1: And as uh, charities are looking to these kinds of services, do you um, highly recommend uh, services like Google Docs and, and services of that sort, or is there a wider range of uh, sort of office products that you look to in the cloud computing area?
3: You know that – well, one of the things we do at TechSoup that, that most people know about is that we we supply lots of very low-cost or donated hardware to nonprofits and libraries. And uh, it turns out that we have 25 of these cloud-based products that we feature on TechSoup in our products portion of our website. So there is a ton of them that are out there. It's it's certainly too many to mention. Um, You know, if people want to start playing around with the cloud, I think Google Docs is a great place to start because it's a free service, and it's very, very useful. We use it within TechSoup to share a document uh, among several people. So, for instance, just like like a Word doc. You can put in Google Docs, and a number of people can go to it and add to it and edit it, and we do that quite a bit now. It's actually changed the way we work quite a bit. And Microsoft. Well, and the wonderful thing about that
1: is that you don't have to worry about your hard drive crashing. You don't have to worry about how often you've backed up all of your systems, and if a staff person leaves, uh, suddenly you know, something hasn't walked out the door, you still have access.
3: Right. So all of your data and documents and all of that stuff is is in a central storage place. So that's exactly right. So however, uh the month of May this month has been a horrible month for cloud services which include Sony, Amazon, Microsoft, Google. Several of them have had major outages of their services. And so the tech press has been um, lit up with a bunch of criticisms of <laughs> how secure the cloud is, actually. So it's actually in developing itself as we speak. It's not really cooked, or it's not really fully developed yet, I don't think. And and what I, – I often,
1: when I look at those, I mean, obviously it's easy to have a lot of uh, – uh, Concern about those kind of outages, but the average nonprofit trying to manage their own technology in their own office is likely to experience outages as well, and may not have the expertise to
3: even fix it. Boy, I'll say, yeah, and in fact, we're you know TechSoup is a nonprofit that's a, you know got a pretty heavy IT system, and we have those as well. Um, I think every office has that. So, um, very definitely, very definitely, the the service agreements on these things uh for big cloud services for instance if you were to use an Amazon service for a heavier part of your IT system um their their service agreement is is 98 or 99% uh uptime that means they're they will absolutely guarantee that you'll be 99% <laughs> online and available if you use that service, and, that, and that's and that's a that's a very good uptime uh, consideration uh,
1: for any service. And and I would submit that a lot of nonprofits, again, trying to manage their own um, uh, services, may not have that same uptime per, uh,
3: percentage. Oh, absolutely. I don't think anybody has that much. You know, it, not, I don't think anybody's up ninety nine percent of the time because IT systems are, are quite complicated. Um, email can. You know, go down for whatever reason, or you can have a security breach that can take your computer system down, all kinds of things, I think.
1: And, and so um, tell us a little bit um, about, you mentioned that you have all these products that are available in cloud, but you also have uh, other services that are available through your TechSoup service. Uh, tell our listeners today, how can they get donated services uh, through TechSoup?
3: Well, we, we're all about software and hardware. And so the other things we have that that sort of support that are a set of deep, deep content. You know, free content. So for instance, if you're concerned about your database and you want to upgrade it or something like that, we have an enormous set of uh documents and things that show how to develop a database or how to how to upgrade a database and what services are available for that and how to get a consultant to help you do that and to inform you that the that usually databases are not things that you can buy off the shelf especially for client tracking um so we have deep content and then we also have forums or discussions where people can just ask any and all tech questions and somebody will come in pretty um in a in a very short order <laughs> and come in and talk to you about whatever your tech question is and it can be anything. So we have these extraordinary forums where people ask all kinds of tech questions and get them answered. So that's another service that we provide at TechSoup. And
1: over the time, because you, you certainly have uh, uh, been a leader in this industry, uh, over the period of time that you've been at TechSoup, what have you seen as some of the, the most important trends in moving towards being green? Are there a lot more nonprofits asking questions now or relatively the same number as there were a few years ago?
3: Hmm. I'm, you know, my my real core area is – computer recycling, electronics recycling, all of that stuff. I've seen a tremendous amount of interest among nonprofits to try to figure that out and maybe even try to do something about that. We get a lot of activity on our forums and commenting on our blogs and so on in and around that area. Uh, I think that it's it's pretty clear to people, or maybe it isn't, but But the computing electronics recycling is is not set in the United States, and it's it's not developed at all in the in the world. So it's an area that really needs attention from any organization that's interested in you know greening the planet. So that's one area that's that's of continued and increasing interest, I would say
1: thinking about uh, greening your greening your office in in addition to some of the topics that we've talked about right now what are some of the basics of greening your office that that you think our listeners need to take into consideration today
3: well um i mean you guys org, talk about a good many of the things and cover i think the whole spectrum the easy easy things that I think nonprofits can do is to do things like set power management on all PCs. So, for instance, set the PCs to go to sleep at 15 minutes. And with the newer operating systems, like uh, Windows 7, for instance, it, it doesn't inhibit the work of the, the computer at all. The computers start up immediately. Uh, when they go to sleep, they draw one watt of power Instead of 100 watts of power, for instance. So that's a very simple thing, and it saves about I don't know, 60 or 70 dollars per year per computer. So that's that's definitely one thing. It takes a takes about three minutes to do a computer to set it up to do that. Uh, there's <clears throat> there's directions on how to do it on every conceivable operating system at a place called Climate Savers Computing that gives step by step directions on how to set power on it the power settings on every everything. So that's a great resource. Um, one thing we've covered is uh paper. Uh it takes about a gallon and a half of water to create one sheet of paper. <laughs> Actually paper is very intensive in terms of uh environmental heaviness. It's a very heavy environmental thing. It's it's a polluting technology even with recycled paper. And so saving paper is a big, huge thing in an office. So converting as much as possible to using digital documents and printing less and less and less. At TechSoup, I think that our printer is almost never going, except if there's a special kind of event or something that's going on. So, People hardly ever print in our offices. And in the many nonprofit offices I've been in, in um, in and around San Francisco, I think that's the case, that more and more people are just not doing that. Uh, If you do print, it's great to print double-sided. Most printers, uh, certainly network printers, will do that pretty easily. They're already set up to do that. You just have to make sure that you have your settings on your own computer set up to do that. Those are a couple of major things, and I'm sure that Green Nonprofits covers very completely in its checklist.
1: Yes, and we certainly do. Um, And, again, all of that information is available at greennonprofits.org. We do have a a question uh, here in the chat room uh, from Glenn Hirsch. Uh, He says, I'm concerned about security. Is the cloud safe?
3: Um, Wow, that's a great question. (laughs) Uh, By and large, it is. I would, I would say that as we have we've talked about before, um, there are big teams of security people that are on the case and um, really guarding against intrusions, malware, viruses, um, stealing of of sensitive data like social security numbers or credit card information. Um, so, in regard to that type of security, I think cloud services tend to be safer than for instance if you're keeping that that information on your on your servers in your own office by and large. That's the case uh in regard to privacy, that's a little more iffy um Amazon just launched a new music service which um has just an incredible privacy agreement that says that they kinda of own your data, not you. <laughs> so so in our Greetech program we're looking always looking for specifics like that and to publicize the kind of and how much more of a concern of do you this.
1: think uh nonprofits should have about that uh, ownership issue? Um are the services that are offered through TechSoup uh ones that you you believe are properly um structured? <clears throat>
3: Yeah, I, the the places that that we have and one of them is a place like ReadyTalk. Um ReadyTalk is a is a phone conferencing and web conferencing and webinar type service. And really it doesn't have a lot of it doesn't have a lot of data capturing Elements to it. So that's an example of the kind of service, the kind
1: of is that, is that similar yeah. to services like free conference call dot com services of that it, sort. It is.
3: It's an equivalent to that.
1: Yeah, and we're certainly big fans of of services like that because from a green perspective, uh, if you can cut down on the number of meetings that volunteers and staff members are driving to uh, and encourage the use of online, you know, audio conferencing, video conferencing, things of that sort, uh, that certainly cuts down on the use of energy.
3: Yes, and there's a number of them. Um, You know, there's it's it's almost um, confusing the number of conference services that are happening out there. And so in our Green Tech program, we try to make sense of that. We try to review a number of them and, and set up the pros and cons and certainly the costs of each of these things because, um, you know, as you get into stronger – you know, more more robust type of conferencing services, the, the big issues we find are cost and also ease of use, because some of them are very difficult to use. It takes a lot of setup on everybody's side, so that's one thing we really pay attention to.
1: The winner of our our Kiva $100 uh, uh, credit uh, today is Glenn Hirsch. And uh, we do have another question from Glenn and an apology from me. I clicked the wrong button and uh, dropped uh, Glenn uh, accidentally out of the chat room. But before I made that error, uh, he has another question for you here. Uh, To keep from losing data or connectivity, the cloud needs a backup. Uh, so, you actually have to dual files for everything. So, there's a trade off in value. Uh, some days I love the cloud, and other days I don't. Can you speak to this issue of how safe and secure and how much of a backup is there uh, to the typical cloud service like uh, Google? How likely is it that you're going to use Google uh, Docs and have all of your data disappear?
3: Big debate on this. Big debate on this. Um, there is so ZDNet this week has done a series of of news articles and blog pieces that are responding to the uh, the interruptions in service from cloud services like um, like Sony PlayStation, and they're really strongly recommending that that mission critical data is kept that you keep mission critical data stuff that you actually cannot bear to lose on both a cloud platform and on like a you know external hard drive a USB type external hard drive that you have control of so that you save it in both places and there are also an emerging Type of service um, that allows you to put your cloud data. Essentially, they're called private cloud uh, devices, and you you sort of plug them in, and it puts your hard drive essentially in on the internet where you only you can get it, and you can actually get that data from anywhere you want. But more and more. I think experts are recommending that critical data be backed up where you have control of it in case there's some sort of situation. There was a situation in which Google essentially deleted a bunch of um, accounts out of Google Docs about a year ago. And who knows why they did that, but they just did that. And there was no recourse, and they did it, and they didn't restore them, and there was a big cry about that and it was apparently for security reasons but there are several reasons why a cloud provider can uh kind of go out on you so i think it's our recommendation at this point in green tech to back up critical data for sure even if you are using a cloud service did, did that answer the question
1: yeah well i think i think it does and 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 so right now would you say sort of the the jury is out and that it should be the charities who are be to beware of this, or would you say, as you know, one of the top professionals, certainly working with nonprofits, that these services are safe and secure, that the security issues are not as great? Um, I mean, where do you come down on this?
3: Um, I guess I'd say I'd stand by that recommendation that not all data, but mission critical data, should be. Should be in your control as well as in the cloud uh, more and more however, in the industry big companies big with very mission critical data you know large important companies with large important data are relying more and more on cloud services and so the trend is for this to this issue to go away certainly in the next year or two that's essentially what I'm predicting.
1: Okay, great. Well, so so it, this will continue to evolve then.
3: Yes, it's it's a very kaleidoscopic and evolving field, right? At this point. And I
1: think I think it's it's probably safe to say, without being self serving, I'll say it so that you don't have to. TechSoup will be on the cutting edge of this, and TechSoup will continue to be a service that nonprofits can rely on to have the latest information regarding these topics.
3: Yeah, it's actually. It's actually a, a top priority for us to, to go into this, and the reason why it is for us is that, you know, if you if you look at the forecasting from places like Forrester Research or Gartner, or places like that, they're predicting that this is not only a kind of an IT trend; this is a change in paradigm on how people will be using their. IP systems and their computers and their cell phones and all of that that. So they're they're essentially saying that the world will change completely. You won't even recognize it in five years. It's gonna be a different ballgame. And so that's why we're very, very interested in keeping on top of this and basically informing everybody on the new developments and what's useful, what's too expensive, what's not, and all of that.
1: When we, uh, we're going to take just a a quick break um, because we do have an announcement uh, to make today. Um, And when we come back, um, I wanted to just ask if you would focus in on that next five years, because it is a constant uh, struggle for charitable organizations, particularly executives, in terms of where should they be putting their investment, and and while we can't give any guarantees, can we give a crystal ball to the future uh, to say where should you be investing, and where uh, might it be a waste to buy? I mean, for instance, if you you know, said to uh, charities today to go and buy the most expensive, most powerful desktops today. Um, that's probably not the kind of advice that you would be giving to a smart nonprofit who's looking to be efficient, effective, and and uh, using these services uh, for their their charity. So we're going to just take a quick break, and we'll be right back. <laughs> It is uh, my pleasure to announce for those of you who have received the greennonprofits.org newsletter, uh, you know that uh, we have been uh – Uh, promoting and sharing information on how you can win a copy of the book, The Nonprofit Guide to Going Green. Well, that information is available in the Green Nonprofits newsletter. We encourage you to register for free at greennonprofits.org. And right below the box where you register, just click right on that button and you will go to the archives and read all the prior issues of the Green Nonprofits newsletter. Well, one such smart person uh, did email in uh, and uh, asked uh, that uh, they be entered into today's drawing for winning that book. And today's winner of a free copy of the Green Nonprofit, free autographed copy of the Green Nonprofit's Guide to Going Green, uh, is Debbie Grohler. Debbie is with Bethesda Lutheran Communities in Watertown, Wisconsin. Congratulations to Debbie Grohler, who is our winner today uh, of our drawing. If you want to be in the next drawing uh, for the green nonprofit's Nonprofit Guide to Going Green, make sure that you register for the newsletter at greennonprofits.org. Again, that is free. Now, it's my pleasure to let you know when that next drawing will take place. That next drawing will take place right here on the Green Show. The next Green Show, which is a monthly magazine as part of the Nonprofit Coach, is on Friday, June 17th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Our guest on the next show here for the Green Show uh, will uh, be robin hessinger robin hessinger uh is with care2 and she heads up the healthy and green living channel robin um is uh, has a special responsibility there uh in that it is by far the largest driver of search engine traffic on the care2 website which is formidable when you consider the care2's monthly web audience has grown to 13 million people with their membership reaching almost 16 million the content that Robin publishes on the Healthy and Green Living channel includes more than 5,000 searchable tips on living a healthier and more sustainable life. Those are all topics that matter here on the Green Show. So I want to encourage all of our listeners to join us next month on June 17th for the next Green Show. Now we're going to head back to uh, today's show with our expert Jim Lynch. <laughs> In the few remaining uh, minutes that we have, it's hard to believe how quickly this show has gone, but the topic has been so important uh, to our listeners. Help us crystal ball this a little bit in terms of uh, the expenditures that you might recommend as an expert in this field for nonprofits, because one of the concerns is is that nonprofits don't have a lot of extra money, and investing with technology that changes so fast and becomes out of date before you even buy it, Where are the smart investments today.
3: Oh, what a great question. Well, <clears throat> you know, there's uh there's a shift away from heavier computer type infrastructure to lighter. So for instance, <clears throat> it's much more energy efficient to not have not buy new equipment which are heavy desktop, you know, computers, but rather laptop computers. Laptops actually are use one fifth the electricity that a big desktop computer uses on average. So that's that's one important thing which has a has a green aspect to it and also it allows workers to work more remotely. And so one thing that we're we're viewing with much interest is the fact that the workplace will change and become more fluid less reliance on a central office and less reliance on people coming into your office every day on a regular basis but rather working from their home or working from even having having employees or volunteers that are in completely different locations you know a different city so that's happening more and more and much of this is is made possible by the fact of these new cloud technologies that allow people to to uh, have essentially much better presence online and with each other than they had previously. So that's a big, big change
1: in the world So workplace would you say that the smart day. investments are in Internet-based services, upgrading your, your website, making sure that you're pushing out as um, much information that might ne- might in the past have been uh, required people to come to a central location but to think virtually, to think in terms of how you can uh, engage your audience without necessarily having people travel and uh, using fossil fuels to move around?
3: That's exactly right. And so the, the, the topic area within cloud are, are these various collaboration platforms. And uh, an example of that is uh Microsoft is in the coming year is going to come out with something called Office 365 which is really going to be a big change we think in the way people can work with each other it allows uh workers or people in a who are working on the same things in in a nonprofit organization to connect with each other in five or six different ways very interesting stuff very and when is that change.
1: likely to come out? Is that is that sort of the next big wave? You think, it, in terms of uh, how offices are going to be changing the way they do business?
3: That, to me, that is. Now, I, I have no idea how quickly that's going to kick in, but it, it probably faster than I, I suspect that that's going to be the case. In terms of planning for IT on this, um, one thing that that occurs to me is that uh, if if an organization is planning to expand its its big um com, you know local computer network and buying additional servers and putting in for instance a big uh, important email servers stuff like that there's um this office 365 or google apps is another option that you can outsource your email email is going to be a much much larger portion of of the office of the future it 's going to be more to, more of the central uh, organizing application in offices rather than a thing like microsoft office Microsoft Office and Jim, I notice that you keep mini- coming
1: back to uh, to Google and of course Google has announced the new. Google for Nonprofits service, so I think you would probably join me in urging our listeners to go to Google and search for Google for Nonprofits, which is now sort of a a compilation of so many of the different services, the Google Docs, the uh, Google AdWords grants, the Google Apps and uh, Google Maps and Google Earth, all those things that uh, that come together to really provide a a nice platform for charities looking to engage um, the cloud. That's right,
3: and the only thing that costs anything, I think, are the AdWords,
1: or, 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 they or the are they? Are Ad- the AdWords expensive? itself, unless you get a a grant, and then they they pay for that as well. Um, so uh, so that, that's terrific Jim you've given us just a wealth of information today and uh, in, in a very concise way which I really appreciate it's very uh, I, can, I can tell how thoughtful you are in the answers to all the questions that I ask because you've been at this for a while I want to draw attention to the wonderful page that's available in the radio links today uh, it is the green tech greening your office page that's available at tedhart.com uh, click on radio links I also want to let everyone know uh, that all of these resources are also available on the Green Nonprofits website. You'll find that by clicking on the resources button on the left-hand navigation and then resources from the web and you will see all of these are repurposed over at greennonprofits.org. Uh, Jim Lynch, thank you so much for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach. I want to encourage all of our listeners uh, to join us on Tuesday for the regular nonprofit uh, uh, the, the, green, the nonprofit coach. Uh, Coach Show and then the next Green Show, which is on June 17th at 1 p.m. Jim Lynch, thank you for joining us here on The Green Show. Ted, yeah,
3: thank you for having me.
1: Take care, everyone. Enjoy the uh, weekend ahead, and I hope you'll join us at right here on The Nonprofit Coach, and that will be on Tuesday. Join us then. Take care, and have a great day. <laughs>